this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. Listen to the word of God that's coming forward and really understand. I don't know if that's going to help me. So we don't have to figure out how to handle the kids. And really be in a place where we're actively listening to the voice of God and understanding what he's calling for at this particular time and hour. He's looking truly for a repentant heart, not a heart that says, okay, Lord, you caught me red-handed, and I'm sorry, and I repent, or if a message hits you, and you rocked and rattled or shaken to some extent, and you turn around and you begin to make minor changes, I'll say it like that, because that's what we do. We make minor changes to get back into the will of God. But God looking for us to do a 360 turnaround and to really begin to move in that place where he is in control. Not what we want to do, not what we desire to do, not what's the things that we think we should give up or whatever. He wants, you know, that total freedom to come forward and in that place where that total freedom is necessary. It is so important that many of us, and I say including me, come to a place of true repentance, and that's where we recognize the errors of our ways. And, and what he literally said to me on my drive-in, he just literally said, I should not have mercy on them if they don't change their way. Wait them precious so that we can get the reading. But let's go ahead, Father God, in the name of Jesus, even as we come before you, we ask that your perfect and divine will go forward. We ask that the word of God be heard by all of us. And Lord, that we just not only look at it, but we truly take the time to assess our own personal lives and understand the things that we have, that we have risen up and we worship these things over and above you. Lord, I know that this word that we've been reading is to get us to really truly understand the true condition of our hearts and how we respond to the things that which you bring to our attention. Give us a true heart of repentance. Help us. Give us the wisdom to lay down the things that we think that are important. And to truly stand in the place where you have called for. Holy Spirit, I call upon you 
as I always call upon you, because you're the one that prays better than me. You're the one that sees where we're going. And so even now, what words would you pray over us that we may be able to stand in the places that you are leading us into and to change our hearts and our ways? He literally said, pray that the soil is fertile. And if the soil of our hearts is fertile to receive the word that is being spoken here tonight. I pray that the ground is saturated through our cries of true repentance and that our gardens are watered and our hearts are restored, that what you have called for may grow in this place, that your wisdom may keep and carry us, and that your truth may be something we stand on, and our lives are a reflection of that truth. And we no longer have pocket gods, Lord. And that your truth reigns on the inside of us. In Christ Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And the reason why I call them pocket gods because the Holy Spirit just shows me like me in my pockets and like, oh, I got that. Let me put that back in. Oh, I got that. You know how we put things in our pocket. We like, oh, how much money I got? Oh, I got that. You put it back in the pocket and then you tap it along the side for safekeeping. Yeah. Then the first time you have access to use it, you're like, well, I ain't going to use it for that. So you put it back in your pocket and you leave it in your pocket because you forget you have it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you discover it, you get excited about it, but you still don't necessarily use it because you now found something. Do you get it? Yeah. I got something, and you're, to some extent, you're exalting it to others, saying, look what I found. I have treasures. And so it's not something that's really real because you already had it all the time. Pocket. God. They only exalt it when it's necessary. <sighs> Precious. We are in Exodus 9. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness, we're in Exodus 9. <laughs> Even now, Lord, let them hear the words. And those who are listening on that are new here tonight, let them hear. Can you guys hear us? Oh, precious. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Can't hear you now. Yeah. 
It was like at first you were super clear, and then now I, I can't hear. Okay. I'll do you doubt. And guys, we're not picking on you. We're just in a difficult place with this work. Okay, so if something hits you, it's just gonna hit you. <laughs> I did not prepare this for you. Okay, so. Can you guys hear me? Hello, can you guys hear us? Yes. Yes, we can yes. hear you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start over. And Exodus 9. So the title of this is More Plagues Upon Egypt. The fifth plague, Disease on Livestock, verse 1 through 4. God tells Moses to warn Pharaoh. Then the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh and tell him, thus says the Lord, God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the oxen, and on the sheep a very severe pestilence, and the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. Go into Pharaoh and tell him, in mercy. Right here. So what you guys see here is God is making a separation between his people and Pharaoh. And in this particular area, his people are not being touched by any of these plagues that are going forth because uh, he has his banner over them and he's securing them and keeping them from being exposed to anything that's going on. <clears throat> so what you're looking at in this particular situation, God is literally tearing down every God that is worshipped by the Egyptians. And so God is doing that same thing right now as you're listening to this message and the messages before. He's looking for you to relinquish your God. Yeah. And he doesn't care what your God looks like. There's a fertility God that he speaks of. There's God's wealth. We already know that, I mean, whole kinds of crazy gods that we have looked at. As we've been reading this and literally see that uh, the Egyptians worship any and everything. Yeah. And God is literally trying to get us to understand that we have picked up these gods unbeknownst to us and we worship any and everything. Some of the stuff that's handed down and we don't even know that we're worshiping them. Yeah. Some of the stuff that we've been in, in agreement with, we didn't even know that it existed. And so God is now really pleading with your heart 
And he's literally trying to get you to turn from your ways and come into a true and right relationship with him. And not that, oh, yeah, yeah, this is a hard message. I'm going to repent. And then we get right, but we never relinquish our God. And so God is literally is a jealous God. He does not want to be sitting on the throne with your God. And because he doesn't want to be sitting on the throne with your God, he's calling you out and asking you to get rid of your pocket God. Because they're there for convenient. Okay? There's something I run to when I need it. Okay? Something I run to when I need it. And all of us have something. But I really believe, to some extent, he's looking at seduction, too, because that came up on my way to here, and he reminded me of me peeking into a window as a little kid, and I'm watching some adults do some things that I shouldn't have watched Mm -hmm. as a little kid, and then he showed me the effects of that on my life today. And I then began to scream out, like, where did that come from? What's the name of it? And how do I get rid of that? Because I didn't think that it played. But the Lord even showed me, and I'm being upfront and real because I can't do it any other way. He even showed me how doing women's or menstrual cycle, menopause, and all this stuff, that same spirit presents itself and literally looks for a relief. And so as he was showing me this today, I was like, oh, my God, okay? Oh, my God, to where I'm like, I didn't realize, Lord, I didn't know this still you know, this came in this way and this existed me and I don't know how to get rid of this other than basically say, take whatever it is, I release it. And and even to the point he showed me something being dormant. And and and, and it this thing happened when I was in the fifth grade. Fifth grade. And we were going looking for peaches. And just so happened, we turned as we were looking for peaches and seeing peaches. (laughs) (laughs) Focus, you guys. (laughs) And and in that, it was something that yeah. We began to gratify. Yeah. And we didn't know any better. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm driving here and the Lord says, Hey, deal with this. And you don't even know what you're saying. Exactly. So, deal with this. Wow. And so God is literally dealing with the things that you don't even realize you got pockets. You don't even realize it's it's working against you. You just thought it was just a flame thought that went by yeah. or a flame desire that captivated your attention. But it's something that it comes when it wants and you 
give it attention when it comes. It's a pocket God. God made everything for himself. And not to be misused. Let's go further, because i got to get you guys to see this. <sighs> go unto Pharaoh and tell him, in mercy, God told Moses to give another warning so that Pharaoh would have opportunity to repent. Did you hear that? Yes. God told Pharaoh, uh, Moses to give another warning that Pharaoh would have an opportunity to repent. So God is literally saying, wait, I'm giving you another opportunity. I need you to deal with what's in your space. So he's literally saying to us that we're not fully looking at the things that are there. Precious said to me, is this another opportunity to go into the throne room? But I don't think I want to be in the throne room just yet. And the main reason why I don't want to be in the throne room, because I don't want to carry this stuff into the throne room and have these things dealt with with me when I should be dealing with what's dealing with me. You said your secrets are not secrets. He said, there's no secrets with me. And then he says, and all of you have secrets. Read that part again, precious. Go unto Pharaoh and tell him, in mercy, God told Moses to give another warning. So that Pharaoh would have opportunity to repent. Let my people go, that they may serve me. In this appeal, two things were clear. First, the people of Israel belonged to God, not to Pharaoh. Second, it was clear that God wanted Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go for the sake of the Lord himself. I want you to stop and really look at this. Because he's talking to Pharaoh, and even though he's talking to Pharaoh, Pharaoh has no possession over the people. Even though Pharaoh thinks he has possession over the people. (laughs) And I want you to make truly to see it. Satan has no possession over us, even though he thinks he has a possession over us. Mm -hmm. We have free will to choose, and we Mm -hmm. choose what we desire. Mm -hmm. And so technically, he doesn't have a hold on us. Unless we allow for that bone to go forward. And so God is trying to say to you, there ain't nothing you can't get out of. Yeah, but you're taking the bait. You have the power and the ability to say no. Yeah. He said, but you must choose what you want to serve. Yeah. He said you must choose what you're going to hold on to. But he's also making sure that Pharaoh understands that 
there's a consequence for his action. There's a consequence for all of our actions. God's sole purpose is to save us from hell. He speaks these things because he never wants any of us to perish. And people perish all day long. But evidently, his love for you is so great that he's literally saying, don't do that. Let go of it. Because he's trying to tell you that these things only lead to destruction. And you must choose. Go a little bit further. It was clear that God wanted Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go. For the sake of the Lord himself, not even so much for the sake of the children of Israel. You hear? So he's literally saying to let this stuff go for the sake of him. <laughs> Get it? For nothing else, just for the sake of him. Go further. Pharaoh was responsible to treat Israel well for the sake of the Lord, not so much for the sake of Israel. In the same way, we must treat each other well, not only for the sake of our fellow, excuse me, for our fellow brother or sister, but also for the sake of the Lord. We owe it to him even more than we owe it to them. A very severe pestilence. Nothing shall die of all that belonging to the children of Israel. Pharaoh was warned that another plague was on the way, one that would severely damage the livestock of Egypt, but not the livestock owned by the people of Israel. Verse 5 through 7, the disease and death of the livestock. Then the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this thing on the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But of the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Oh, my God. I just seen something in that. This is their wealth. This is their livelihood. And even in that, this is what they esteemed and valued. And so God is even talking to us in the midst of this about what we esteem and value. It's how we esteem resources to be greater than him. But when you stop to look at this, this is you even holding back and literally thinking what you have in your pocket is greater than your Lord. He said, you must see this one. So even how we seek to maintain, he said, how often have you sought to maintain 
your own self and not offer me what is really mine. He shows me like a bread, like a long loaf of bread being cut, and we cut off the bigger portion for ourselves, and we leave the corner of the bread for him. He says, when you look at what's in your pocket, I don't want you just to look at the things that are sexual. He says, I want you to look at all your gods. He says, I want you to focus in on every single one of them. And he doesn't understand your relationship with it. He talks about us making him laugh, but then he speaks about how he's taking care of us. Mm-hmm. Who's most important? He said, you must say to the people, who's most important here? And then he says, Or should I say to you, what's most important to you? And then he just shows me, well, I don't even know what this looks like, but he shows me like somebody playing that three-card molly. Mm-hmm. You know what three card molly is where you take some cards and you move it back yeah. and forth to make sure that the person looking in on the hand doesn't see you manipulating the card. Mm-hmm. And then you ask them, you start talking to them and having conversation with them to throw them off so that they can't find where the card is. And then you let them bet against it and you take their money. And so the Lord was showing me this setup of three card Molly. It's like we're trying to tell God, watch my hand, but we're he's looking at our hand as if we trying to tell him that that money didn't go or whatever it didn't go that way. I wanted to see that. one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh became hard, and he did not let the people go. All the livestock of Egypt died. This plague was directed against the Egyptian god, Hathor, 
who was thought to be a mother goddess, was in the form of a cow. In addition, Egyptian religion considered cattle sacred, and the cow was often a symbol of fertility. God showed Pharaoh in all the Egypt that he was mightier than this imagined pagan god. Okay, so remember he's talking about a fertility god, and he's also talking about God of wealth. And you have to understand, back in them days, children were resources, too. Okay, yeah. okay just in case you didn't know, yeah. your children yeah. were resources. Keep going. Cold cities an ancient record of a battle the Egyptians lost because their enemies put a herd of cattle in front of their advancing troops. It worked because the Egyptian soldiers, soldiers sorry, would not shoot at the opposing army for fear of accidentally killing what they considered to be the sacred cattle. Why is it that? Because we do the same thing. We put something in front of it and we won't move because we're afraid to lose what's sacred to us. Mm. We do the same thing. Mm. Which is correct. Mm. We put in what was, say that louder. I said that's why we won't enter in because we don't want to let go. Yeah, and we would we know that if we enter in, these things are going to be exposed. And the last thing we want is these things exposed, so we keep our pocket God. Keep going. Then Pharaoh sent, and indeed, not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead. Moses told Pharaoh that the Israelites would be spared. And Pharaoh believed it enough to confirm this. Nevertheless, he did not change his heart when it was proven that Moses and his God were exactly right. Did you guys get it? Wow. The Lord even showing us how we go and we verify things and we find out what we verify to be true. And even as we verify these things to be true, we turn around and still don't turn around and worship God. We still hold on to the things in which he showed us to be faulty. And we turn around and still say, okay, Lord, I'll repent. Because if you really look at what Moses, uh, I mean, what Pharaoh did, he repented because he wanted it to stop. And we repent because we want things to stop. But we don't change our ways. And so we allow the things that are resting on us to have its way with us because we don't want to change our way. It becomes life-threatening to us. Oh, 100%, I'm repenting. And then time, it eases off. I'm going back to my same old ways because my same old ways is going to, in return, cause me to what? Enjoy what I'm doing. Can't give it up. Can't give it up. The sixth plague boils. The plague of boils comes without previous announcement. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take for yourselves handfuls of ashes from a furnace and let Moses scatter it toward the heavens and the sight of Pharaoh. And it will become fine dust in all the land of Egypt and it will cause boils that break out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Then they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh. 
and Moses scattered them toward heaven, and they caused boils to break out on sores on man and beast, ashes from a furnace. Would be black and fine, perhaps soot, would be the best English rendering, for it is described as very fine dust blowing in the wind. They cause boils that break out in sores on man and beast. As the third plague came, wait, as the third plague and this second set of three, this plague came without warning. This time, God chose not to mercifully give Pharaoh the previous opportunity to turn. So you get it? So you're looking at this situation, and Pharaoh doesn't repent. Because he just literally do what we do. Can we backtrack a little bit? Because I really need you guys to see our behaviors. Wait a Let's go to the second, number two, I believe. You can go to the second, okay. number two. Um, so this is verse five through seven. The disease and death of the livestock. <clears throat> then the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this thing on the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But of the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Then Pharaoh sent, and indeed, not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh became hard, and he did not let the people go. It's so funny here that Pharaoh goes to check in on the uh, Israelites. He's now pissed off because everything that Moses said came to pass. But he's frustrated at the fact that it came to pass. Listen to our peril. You get word of wisdom. And in that place of word of wisdom, God tells us not to do something. And in that place where he tells us not to do something, we do it anyway. And then we find out that it didn't work out according to what we want, and we get mad. So the various thing we were after didn't work out to our advantage, and in return, what transpired is we're pissed off. And we will go back and verify the stuff that God says as if we're going to overturn him and make it to be that it's something different than what God said. He said, you must see this, for this is something you do often. He said, but for I will tell you one thing, you, will, you tend to listen to your own wisdom. And in that place where you listen to your own wisdom, you run to the things that I tell you not to, and in return, once you are engulfed in it, you come back to 
only going to be to your demise. And so what he's literally saying to you, in the word, we've been sitting under the word, and God's been speaking to us to, about the word for some time. And in that place where he's been speaking to us about the word, he's been telling us, stay away. Get unattached to this world. Yeah. And what we've been doing is gravitating, holding on, clinging to every aspect. And then the first time we run into difficulties, we come back and say, oh, Lord, you told me not to do that. He says, why do you inflict pain upon yourself unnecessary? <clears throat> he says, why do you choose to walk in disobedience? He says, what purpose is it serving you? What have you gained in the places you've been? And then he says, for what I have been able to see, and he shows me these huge binoculars, like these huge binoculars, and it's looking down upon the earth and looking down into your life, and it's clearly showing that you're getting bankrupt by this stuff. And what he's talking about bankrupt, he's saying from a spiritual perspective. And, and, and when he's saying bankrupt, we are so bankrupt in our faith that we can't get out of it. Meaning that we don't have the faith and the wisdom to come out of the places that we keep running to. And so every time you gain wisdom, the enemy comes and snatches it from you so that you can stay captive. I didn't say this one was going to be easy. And boys, I didn't say. I can't say men. I have to say men to you. Man, I didn't say it was going to be easy. Because this one, this one has some pain points with it. Because it's literally telling you that if you don't change, destruction is it. And he's not destroying you. Making sure I say that. God's not one that destroys because people say, well, why this happened? Why did God allow this? Free will. Let's make sure we say this. Free will. You have the right to choose. God is not going to say, you know, you don't can't do something. Everything is good. But doesn't mean everything is right. All the livestock of Egypt died. <clears throat> this plague was directed against the Egyptian god Hather, who was thought to be a mother goddess who was in the form of a cow. In addition, Egyptian religion considered cattle sacred and the cow was often a symbol of fertility. 
God shows Pharaoh and all of Egypt that he was my The Holy Spirit just says to me, sacred symbols, sacred symbols. He said, do not you see what my people say to me? Do not you understand what many of you continue to speak to me? Lord, you're working this out. You know my heart. He says, some of you have things that you've been saying that I've been working things out for you, and I know your heart for some time, but yet my heart for you is that you release it. That's that my mind. Lord, and I don't mean, Lord, I've been trying to let these things go, and Lord, help me. You know, in that place, I'm crying out, Lord, help me. You know my heart concerning it. You know my desire to release it. And you know I don't really want this because I know it keeps me from you. Whole bunch of emotions. Yeah. (laughs) And he said, and you can let it go. He says, so if you know that it displeases me, when do you choose me over it? He says, how do you desire me over it? What keeps you in the places you're in? What makes you say you can't let go? He said, some of you say, I'm working things out. He knows my heart. Yes, I know your heart. But you have the ability to release the things so that I don't have to work it out of you. Mm. Oh, my God. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He said, many of you deflect instead of reflect. Mm -hmm. You push off and you push away. And then he says to me, how long will I put up with you? He says, for you must hear me. He said, for you must hear me. I'm standing still because in my heart, I'm still saying deflect, reflect, deflect, reflect. And normally, when I'm still stuck on something, he's still trying to get us to see something. Oh, my God. Holy Spirit shows me like somebody trying to climb up and they're constantly being pulled down. 
And so to the places that God is calling us to, we're constantly trying to climb out. He shows me like a barrel of monkeys. You know how uh, they cling to each other, they look on the bottom and they just pull the other one down. So the Holy Spirit just showing me like somebody's trying to climb up out of something and they get higher and then all of a sudden they get locked back in and they come right back down. He says, I made a way for you. But you got to choose the way. And there's been, and I know it's been on all of you guys because it's been on me. There's been a, a place that's on the inside of you that's constantly saying, I need to get in position. <laughs> and in that place where you're saying you need to get in position, you feel a cry of repentance that needs to burst forth on the inside of you to release all of this stuff. And we, we're delaying that freedom because we have punched it in the past. Mm. He says, but you can't go further. Mm -hmm. Until you deal with this stuff. You cannot come into the place that I'm calling you into until you deal with this stuff. He says, signs and wonders shall follow those who truly followed after me. He said, you got to come all the way in. And he says, if you can't leave a door open, mm -hmm. there's no exit in the place where I'm taking you. Mm -hmm. Like once you get into the place he's taking you, you, you don't need to exit. So there's no exit door. There's no coming down or coming out of. Mm -hmm. You live here.
with my need to control myself, my emotions because I get so annoying with Nathan too. You know, he doesn't want to change. Do they have a question? Who am I that? Did somebody want to say something? Or were they trying to share? They sound like they were trying to. That just sounds like somebody was unmuted. Yeah. Bless you. That doesn't sound like a familiar voice. <laughs> okay, so let's go move on. God shows Pharaoh in all of Egypt that he was mightier than this imagined pagan God. Do you get that? God is trying to show that you he is more mightier than any mm-hmm. pagan God that we're serving. And if you notice, every single God that existed in Egypt was wiped out. Every single God that exists in you outside of your heavenly father is going to be wiped out. He will not share the throne with anyone. Not even you. Cold cities in an ancient record of a battle the Egyptians lost because their enemies put a herd of cattle in front of their advancing troops. It worked because the Egyptian soldiers would not shoot at the opposing army for fear of accidentally killing what they considered to be the sacred cattle. Wow. Then Pharaoh sent, and indeed, not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead. Moses told Pharaoh that the Israelites would be spared, and Pharaoh believed it enough to confirm this. Nevertheless, he did not change his heart when it was proven that Moses and his God were exactly right. Did you get that? He did not change his heart when it was proven that mm. Moses' God, meaning our Lord, yeah. and Pharaoh's God, Right, because the magicians were his gods, mm-hmm. and when they freaked out and said, "Oh no, this is the finger of God, this is the hand of God," oh no, oh no, we need to we need to back down. This is no longer us. His God is working for them, mm-hmm. and you would think we would see it. We know it's the hand of God on our lives, yeah. and we still don't back down. <laughs> We know it's God. We don't do that down. We think it's parents. We think it's other people. We think it's all these people. We call other gods everybody. <laughs> wow. Wow. Truly, it's God. Keep going. The sixth plague boils. The plague of boils comes without previous announcement. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take for yourselves handfuls of ashes from a furnace and let Moses scatter it toward the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh. And it will become fine dust in all the land of Egypt, and it will cause boils that break out in sores 
on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Then they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them toward heaven. And they caused boils that broke out in sores on man and beast. Ashes from a furnace. Would be black and fine, perhaps soot would be the best English rendering, for it is described as very fine dust blowing in the wind. They cause boils that break out in sores on man and beast. As the third plague in this second set of three, well, he just said to me, do you not see that what's working against you is like dust in the wind? Where it comes from. <clears throat> And he said, do you not see that it lands on anyone who's receptive of it? Mm -hmm. uh, you have been receptive of things coming to you, unbeknownst to you, Jesus. Wow. He said, but if you truly had your armor on, mm -hmm. you would have avoided them. Yeah, we took it off. Oh, then he shows me pocket gods. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. It's like you got on your armor, but your pocket gods are unraveling. Wow. Your armor. Mm -hmm. You point them on and lock them in, and they come, the pocket gods come right behind them and unlatch. He said, know what you're carrying and know what's carrying you. Mm. That was a deep one. Yeah. Know what you're carrying and know what's carrying you. No, know mm. what you're carrying. That means if you're carrying something outside yeah. of God, you need to know what you're carrying and you better know they're carrying you. And they, <laughs> like you carrying these spirits because you won't release them, and you think you're carrying them, but they're really carrying you. That's deep. So you think you are more powerful and oh great, and what you think you got an upper hand on, you have no hand at all because it's really carrying you. You know, it would be like somebody, let me say it like this, that manipulates somebody else, but not knowing they've been manipulated too. That's what he's literally telling you, know what's in your pocket, because you think you're carrying them in your pocket, but it's carrying you. That's deep. That's one of them. <laughs> Oh, my God, Lord. Oh, my God. Yeah, can you just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
the unraveling. You think you all booted up in God and it's unraveling you with God. Yeah. Heavy. Heavy. And you can see it. Fear unravels you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Unforgiveness unravels you. Yeah. And, and, and the funny part about it is like sometimes we think we got a upper advantage because we won't forgive people but not realize that it's unraveling you. Yeah. Other person walk around free. And that's all you know. It is enemy sick. Mm. And it's trying to hold you in the bondage you're in, and you can't see it. As the third plague in the second set of three, this plague came without warning. This time, God chose not to mercifully give Pharaoh a previous opportunity to run or to turn. For the first time, God is literally saying to us in our lives, there will be warnings that will come forth, and He's not going to give you an opportunity to run. It's going to come upon you when you won't have any authority over it because you did not choose to hear Him. Because you did yeah. not choose to hear Him, therefore, you're going to be subject to it. Yeah. He literally says to me, after he said that to me, he says, I'm building a kingdom of fearless warriors. Mm. Not those who will weaken when the enemy comes. Mm. And we've been weakening when the enemy comes. Okay, okay. I won't do the Jesus thing right now. I'll stay asleep right now. I know I'm supposed to get up, but I'm going to not do the Jesus thing right now. Because you're weak. Oh, praise God, because we never get comfortable here. Another because the words we didn't, you need encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's happening this time. Pray in the spirit, do it right, okay? Do it right, do it right because you don't need nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming at you with this message. <laughs> it hasn't stopped, if you guys noticed. <laughs> I said, I'm barely processing last week. <laughs> you know. 
I told you when I got a hold of what Pharaoh was really about, I was like, I don't like this one. But this one's cleaning up my closet. Your attic, the pantry. that came on while I was watching a Christian movie. And the person took a bag out behind the bed of the person and said, look at this stuff and began to look at it and see all the dirty filth that was behind the bed that the person didn't clean up. And it was all dead skin and stuff like that. And then they put it on a microscope uh, glass so the person could see all the dirt that's there. And I said, oh my God, that's behind my bed. <laughs> something and you begin to see the stuff in the little dish, you see them just moving fast and just oh you like I know that was live. <laughs> yes. I that was live. Right. Yeah. Wow. Live and growing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. They're feeding it. It's feeding us us For the first time the lives of humans are attacked and in danger. And thus it was a foreshadowing of the tenth and most dreadful of all the plagues. So he's literally saying to you in this particular study, you need to get this one because it is after the lives of the people. Mm -hmm. Wow. It looks like your question again. Hmm. So it sounds like some of the people that you've been looking at, it's because of their <coughs> lifestyle and their lifestyle has caused them to have these difficult things. And the things in which they worship. And so God is saying to you, but son, this is not for you. So I warn you ahead of time to not walk in their way. Keep going. Boils that break out in sores. The idea behind the ancient Hebrew word for boil is to burn. It has the idea of a swelling, painful skin inflammation. These painful boils and sores affected people and animals. The effect of the boils on the magicians of Egypt. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians and all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them. Did you guys get that one? 
So Pharaoh's army can't even come before him because they're full of wood. So they're unclean. Mm-hmm. And so their skin has open sores. Just as what do we call that? What did they call them before? What were the people called? Who had open sores? Lepers. 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 Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. okay. So the form of lepers. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you guys know that in today's environment, what is it called? Yeah. Yeah. That's that same spirit. So, you have to understand, spirit takes different forms. Yeah. You take take different forms. Think on. This plague was probably directed against the Egyptian god Emotep, who was said to be the god of medicine. Even those who were thought to be closest to the Egyptian gods, the court of magicians, they were stricken with this plague. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. But they even showed, God showed them here that their medicine wasn't greater than him. What they took and what they perceived wasn't greater than God. So now he's dealing with pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So he's talking about drugs too. Mm-hmm. He's in everything. Wow. Here for the first time, it is said that the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Previously, God announced that he would harden Pharaoh's heart. And this was the fulfillment of it. Yet it is said at least six times before this that Pharaoh hardened his heart. We see that God's hardening of Pharaoh's heart was the strengthening of what he already had set himself towards. This is the first occasion on which this form of words is used after an actual play. Previously, the position has always been put from the other side. Pharaoh has hardened his own heart. The moral would be that God hardens those who harden themselves. Oh my God. Is that? Yeah. God hardens himself. So when you find out you can't get out of something, you harden. You didn't take the morning. You didn't appease. You didn't do it. So now you're hardened in that particular area. So you've got to walk through it. And to you cry out in that place of surrender. So it's not an easy release anymore mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you could have repented the first time, the second time, third. He's on what plane is this? And he still got something to go. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Harden is the expression not of the divine purpose, but of the result of disobedience to the divine appeal. Oh, did you hear that one? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, it's not there. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie. I'm sorry, you guys did it on this day. It's fine. It's penetrating. Yeah, yeah, so it's an opening. 
As a matter of fact, all the plagues were intended and calculated to soften. Did you get that? So everything God is literally saying to you, <laughs> this things occurred to soften you to, to come to him. To recognize that what you've been trying to do to protect yourself, you can't protect yourself in it. So he's pleading with us, with the intent to get us to the place to surrender. This is the love of God. And his whole idea was for Pharaoh and the Egyptians to turn to him. We know that some of them turned, mm -hmm. but we know that some of them stayed yeah. and continued their legions with Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. And everyone that continued in their ways died well. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Yeah, but, this is an observation. It's deep for me because it shows that no one nor nothing can hold us back. You know, because it's easy to say, like, oh, this person doesn't, oh, this person doesn't, then it's going to impact me. But no, God is saying, like, no, you on your own, in your individuation with me, can't be free. Yeah. And this message says you have to choose it. Yeah. You have to choose it. You can't be sitting there saying, Lord, get me out of it. You have to choose it. And the half that chooses is crying out truly in that place of repentance and asking for forgiveness. Not trying to say like Moses did, oh, okay, I mean, a Pharaoh did, keep saying Moses, Pharaoh did, let's say that you are clear, that he in return literally said, okay, let, uh, we'll repent, I'll let the people go, I'll let the people go, just stop this plague. <laughs> and that's what we do. Lord, to stop the plague, stop it, stop mm -hmm. it. I'll be right. And then once it's over, go right back. Yeah. Oh, I didn't die for that one. <laughs> for that one. Miss Olive. Yeah. Okay. I have to read it again so I can read the full sentence. All the plagues were intended and calculated to soften if Pharaoh had been willing to yield. Yeah. So if we're willing to yield, it takes a willing heart. And all of your hearts are soft enough to change. <laughs> Just as the Lord had spoken to Moses, all went according to God's plan, even the hardness of Pharaoh's heart. The seventh plague. But wait a minute, he's literally saying all went according to God's plan, even the hardening of a heart. Hold on a second before we get to the seventh plague. I'm saying, Lord, are we ready for the seventh? <laughs> we are not. We cannot go to the seventh plague just yet. Can you read the last part of that? What's before the seventh plague? 
Um, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses, all went according to God's plan, even the hardness of Pharaoh's heart. I don't know if any of you guys have been noticing that I haven't brought forth the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I intentionally have not brought forth the body of Christ. <laughs> I cannot bring forth the body of Christ when he's purging. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you guys notice that. Mm-hmm. You don't turn around and drink a cup when he's trying to remove stuff out of you. And before that, we were on a fast. Mm-hmm. I think we're back to a fast. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're back, but I think we are back to a fact. I know we're back to a fact mm-hmm. because what was intended to be taken from us, we still held on to things. We had pocket, uh, got pocket gone. Yeah. And so God is back into that position. And this time, you know, don't give up something easy. Yeah. Oh my. You get it? Don't yeah. give up something easy because we give up the easy thing and there's no challenge. So these things stay. So you're going to have to give up something that's not comfortable for you in order for these things to really leave. Because if you're doing something and it's satisfying to you, then you're not going to release it. Mm. When it's uncomfortable to you, then you remind yourself why you're doing it. And so the Lord says, this time it shall be until the Passover. Mm. And he says, and I want you to release those things that are uncomfortable for you. And so when you're fast, you can't do a fast that's going to be comfortable. Oh, I'm not going to watch the TV today because he knows you ain't going to watch the TV. It's too comfortable. I'm not going to be on the internet. It's too comfortable. He said, he said, start doing things that will cause you to be uncomfortable. Leave your phone at home. He said, stop watching your favorite shows. Give up your food. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, especially sweet. Get with your food. Well, I didn't think you guys noticed. I was like, nobody said to me, hmm, I'm waiting on somebody to tell me. Why you haven't brought in the body? Oh, I'm going to right now. He's like, mm-mm, not yet. <laughs> Amen. 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 I know we had an end of a message, but I have to figure out how to close you guys. I have no closing because this was happening. Balosa.
Then I said, Lord, we stand here not knowing what to do. He said, you know what to do. Get naked before me. Lay aside your gods. And he literally says, he cleansed. Oh my God, he reminded me what he said to me in the car. Oh my God, what he said to me in the car. He said, I have washed all of you. And he reminded me of the baptism. And he said, and I removed every spot and wrinkle from you. And you went back to your God. He said, but this time you should wash and cleanse yourself. And then he reminded me when he told, he healed the people of leprosy, and he told them to go and wash and cleanse themselves. He didn't go and wash. He had them to go and wash and cleanse themselves. And so the Lord is literally saying, you must cleanse yourself. We already know how. Mm-hmm. Just saying, can you talk about the house? You're crying out. You can feel it. You can feel it. I feel it. I've been feeling it for a while, and I've been like, oh, my God, I've got to release this. I've got to let go of the stuff, the stuff that's sitting there waiting to come out. Oh, my God. He, he speaks of it in such a nasty way. Mm-hmm. You know how you have a bad cold and you've got the mucus oh. stuck inside of you and you don't want to and you just keep it in, in your throat because you don't want to gross somebody else out, so you just try to suck it back in and whatever. <laughs> and the Lord said that stuff needs to go. <laughs> And, and, and you know, the longer it stays in you, the thicker you get. And the yeah. Lord literally showed me that green mucus coming out. And in that place, he's saying, release it. Mm-hmm. Even your self-justification to keep it, mm-hmm. release it. Like he said, for nothing has served you. Mm-hmm. And he's literally showing me like we weren't made to be in a deformed state. 
and in the faith that we're holding on to these things, we are deformed. I'm not sure. I thought I thought he would be on too. He shows me stained clothing. <clears throat> and he just reminds me of back in the old days how your mom would tell you to stay clean and you go out and get dirty anyway. And so he shows me like stained clothing and the Lord literally says, for you must cleanse yourself. Mm-hmm. And remember back in the particular days when Moses was there and he wanted the people to prevent themselves, they had to all go and take a bath and clean themselves. Mm-hmm. So he does tell you to clean yourself. Mm-hmm. And then they had to all come close to the tent of meeting and the Lord was going to reveal himself. himself to them. And so even in that place, it's so important that we understand that God is literally calling us into a place that we cleanse ourselves so that he can come in to bring forth what he's called for. You okay? Yeah, I've been No, No need. Closing out. It was a heavy, heavy one. Somebody will catch you up in a second. Uh, I understand. Uh, let me close out. He said, you have heard me. It is a time for fasting and a cry out for repentance in the areas of your faith. He said, lay aside your gods and come before me. And he said, come into the place that he desires for us to come into. 
And then he just literally says to me that we have should have no more excuses. But even in the place that you're coming before him, this is the place that you make sure that you really want to serve him. This is not no going back and forth. Do you really want to be a part of the kingdom? You have a choice. You can say, no, this stuff is crazy. This is too hard. I'm done. And if you're choosing him, then you're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're going to have to let some things go. You're going to have to cleanse thyself. Oh, scripture even says that. That even he tells the, the Pharisees and their Sadducees to even cleanse their own self. And God is calling for us to cleanse ourselves because we have not heeded his word. And so, therefore, it's our responsibility now to go and cleanse ourselves and make ourselves ready for the Lord. Hear the words of the Lord in this place. All you want to pray us out? If you can. <laughs> Father God, we heard everything that has been put upon our hearts tonight. We're all challenged with obedience, of being obedient, not to barter and make a deal but surrender Father God we thank you for coming into our studies tonight thank you for touching the heart and the salvation of fasting for bringing this message of understanding this, this lesson that we all will take from this study tonight and through the rest of the week and to next week but it will resonate through and through us daily because it's a personal message to each and every one of us. We thank you, Father God, for your love, your continued love, your mercy, and your grace. We pray for each other, family, friends, and loved ones. And we just ask you to take, take the lead and we'll follow, Father God. We forever give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Amen. You guys are blessed. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.